Welcome to podcast number 135 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. If you've been following our podcast for the last couple of months, you've noticed we're in a series dealing with miracles. There's a lot of people who need a miracle, and there's a lot of folks that don't understand them, and then there are those who don't believe in them. So we're trying to go through the Word of God and explain what a miracle is and explain how God desires to bless His people, and many times He does through His work and the actions of the Holy Spirit to place a miracle in a person's life. So today, our podcast is entitled, Walk in the Miracle Gifts of the Spirit. Interesting title. I believe it's going to be something that will bless you, but we don't want to get into it until we pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. Father, I thank you once again for who you are and for these podcasts and for the opportunity that I have to bring this message to those people who are interested in hearing about miracles and understanding about the gifts of the Spirit and other topics, Father, that will bless them. So I pray now that you would anoint and bless all that comes forth. I yield to the Holy Spirit. I submit to you. I ask that you would take charge and take control. I ask that you would anoint the words that I've written in my preparation time and the scriptures that we're going to use in this particular podcast. And I pray, Lord, that through all of this, that you'll be glorified in it, that you'll receive all the glory and honor. And for those who are listening in today, I pray a special blessing upon them, especially, Lord, if they are in need of a miracle and the touch of God. Bless this, I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. In my previous podcast, number 134, I explained what it means when I refer to the miracle gifts of the Spirit. Now we need to address what it means when we refer to walking in the miracle gifts of the Spirit. I ended my previous podcast with scriptures that come from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So you might want to either refresh yourself to go back to podcast number 134 and listen to that one, or you can just get the Word of God out when this podcast is over and pick it up and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 31. It'll be a wonderful teaching on the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. So with that, I'm going to read the final verses of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. I'm reading it starting at verse number 27. Paul is speaking to the people in Corinth. Paul says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Now here he's going to get into the various blessings that are given to people to minister in the church. It says, first apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown tongues. And it goes on to say that not everyone can be an apostle and not everyone can be a teacher or a pastor, but that all of us can operate with special gifts that have been given by the Holy Spirit. And these are also gifts that are literally miracles taking place in the lives of individuals. And they're referred to at the last verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, wraps it up and takes us on another direction I want to get into in a second. Paul says in verse 31, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. What the last verse of that scripture is referring to, that was verse 31, is found in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And it's important we read that before we go any further. Paul is writing to a church that he founded in the territory of Galatia in Asia Minor. And there's a lot of uncertainty about the time, but there's no uncertainty about who he was writing to, and that was the people of Galatia, referred to as the Galatians. We're going to read in chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23. 
continuing on talking about what the Holy Spirit brings when it comes to gifts. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now what's important to understand is we're talking about various types of gifts, but any gift that comes from God is quite frankly a miracle. Spiritual gifts and miracles are things that are divinely inspired and only God can bring them. So I think from reading the two verses we've started off this chapter on, we can basically understand that God wants us to walk and live by the Holy Spirit's leading. Now, if our desire is to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, we will have a greater opportunity to see the miracle gifts in our life. With a daily commitment to seek the Lord, the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit will be evident in our life. I'm telling you, the closer we get to God, the closer He's going to get to us. The more we desire to be around Him and read His Word and listen to the Holy Spirit, the greater that He is going to speak to us and bring forth his actions into our life. And I believe the relationship that we want to establish with God must not be based upon just the miracle that we want, although that's what we can ask for. But our entire relationship has to be based on who God is and not just what he can do for us. Remember, we have a relationship with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit, and with God Jesus. Three in one. Just think about that. A relationship with the creator of the universe and everything that we see and everything that takes place in our life. What an honor we have to have that kind of relationship that we can go to him at any time for any situation and he will listen and we'll have his attention in his ear. I give God praise for that. We must have a daily commitment to seek the Lord. The miracle working power of the Holy Spirit will be evident in our life when we do that and when we seek God. Now, let me explain that a little bit more in detail. In order to have a daily commitment to seek our God, we need to set up some disciplines in our life. By increasing our prayer time with daily prayers and supplications, we'll see miracles. It's bound to happen. The Bible tells us to pray continually and to pray without ceasing. Now, a lot of you might be asking, Pastor, I've heard that statement before, but what does it mean to pray continually and to pray without ceasing? How can we do that constantly? We have to have a life. We have to go to work. We have to drive. We have to go places. Well, the process is not necessarily that you're wide awake for 24 hours and you're speaking out loud continually in prayer. So let me give you my answer to help you understand what it means to pray continually and without ceasing. It is to make prayer a way of life. Daily, we should start off by thanking God. The Bible tells us that we should enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So every day, we should be thanking God for who he is for what he's done in our life and for our salvation. So if we do that daily, we'll start to draw closer to him. We should thank God for who he is and give him credit daily for everything good that happens in our life. As a matter of fact, when you have a thought or a good idea, give God the credit. You know, I used to have a business and I built custom homes. I was in the military and I was a banker, so I have some background that's kind of interesting. And I used to get a lot of ideas. And when I wasn't a Christian, I would just kind of take credit for them. When I was at the bank, they had a suggestion program where you would make suggestions. And then if the bank liked it, they would pay you for it for something that would be a good idea for the bank. And I get these ideas. Well, I wasn't a Christian, so I wouldn't give God the credit for it. And I would just take the credit myself. And I get my check from the bank and I would get all the credit. But then something happened to me spiritually. Five years after I became a banker, 
I then became a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I heard something about if you want to get close to God, then you've got to be grateful and thankful and give him praise. And so I started to understand that when an idea came into my mind, I needed to give him glory for it. If I got an idea to do something in the banking business, I wouldn't take the credit for it. I'd go home and tell my wife, you know, the Lord gave me an idea today. You see, that's a form of continual prayer and praise. When you get an idea about doing something that's good, you say, Lord, thank you for that. That was awesome. Matter of fact, it's got so much a part of me that I can't take credit for anything. If I pick out a color to paint our house and it turns out really nice, then I don't say, well, I picked it out. I say, you know, the Lord showed me that color. That's another form of continual prayer, continual contact, continuing that relationship with the Lord. We need to understand that if we want to have a continual prayer and pray without ceasing, then our thoughts need to be about God and our mind needs to be about the things of God. You know, we need to talk about God to everyone. Throughout the day, we should share our faith with other people. That's also a form of continual prayer, sharing our faith, giving a testimony of who God is and what he's done in our life. You know, we need to read the Word of God, another way to have daily communion with Him. And all of these activities acknowledge God as our source of strength and hope. Continual prayer is continual focus on God. You know, as many of you know, and some of you may not know, I've been healed several times of life-threatening diseases. I mean, quite a few of them. And God needs to receive all the glory and honor for it. Yeah, the doctors are fine and the medication was fine, but to God be the glory. Because if it wasn't for Him, that doctor would have never even been created. If it wasn't for him, the contents of that pill would have never happened. So we need to give God glory for it. So when I have opportunities to give testimony, I just jump into the middle of it. I like to go to coffee shops and stand in line and just, you know, when people are standing around talking and I'll look at someone and say, how you doing? They'll say, well, I'm good. And you having a good day? Yeah, that's fine. And I'll say, well, you know, I'm just happy to be here. And they'll look at me kind of funny and I say, you know, I was diagnosed and I'll get right into it. I was diagnosed with incurable cancer and the doctors gave me six months to live. Well, that's been now six and a half years. And I'm chatting with him and saying, you know, God intervened and I guess he's not through with me yet because I'm not going to go to heaven one day sooner than God authorizes it because God is control of those things. And they'll look at me and because there I'm standing right in front of them and they say, wow, that's amazing. And do you really believe that? And then I get to witness to them more about my relationship with Christ. And it's an easy thing to do if we are in a continual state of communication with the Lord. So I believe praying without ceasing and praying continually, it just simply having a continual, constant focus on God, who He is, what He's done in our life, and wanting to share that with others. In addition to that, it's obviously times of prayer, praying before your meals, praying for other people and with other people, having a phone conversation and say, when you find out that someone has a problem, say, would you mind if I just pray with you over the phone? Don't miss opportunities to go to God and seek His face and seek direction. When we do that, we get the attention of God. And when we get the attention of God, good things are going to happen in our life. Before I go any further, I'd like to make a little comment about prayer. Now, it's important that we never think that prayer is like a drive-in window at a fast food restaurant. We don't just order what we need and then have someone give it to us or have God give it to us. You see, continual prayer is a relationship with God. Those of us who look at God as just simply a place where we can order what we need and then go and just get it from Him are taking for granted that God is kind of our servant, and that's wrong, and it'll never be blessed. But continual prayer built upon a relationship with God 
is what we all need to have. A conversation between us and God. Have you ever thought about prayer as being a conversation between us and God? You know, to have a conversation, you need to have someone speaking and then someone speaking back and going back and forth. Well, that's what God does. We pray to Him. We seek His face. We ask and then wait to hear His voice through the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, lives and dwells in us. Or we wait to see his response by reading the word of God. Now his response might be yes or no or not now, but God will give us a response and we will have that relationship with him where we can communicate and have a conversation with him. When we do that, once again, we're drawing closer to God. We're constantly in contact with him and we're going to be blessed. You just wait and see. Prayer is having faith in God and it is building our trust in him. We need to look at some examples of constant prayer or praying without ceasing. One of those examples is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 in the New Living Translation. It's pretty simple. It says, never stop praying. It says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you want continual prayer, be thankful. Here's another example, Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Here we're told by the Apostle Paul once again that we've got to be faithful and patient and have hope that our prayers will be answered and therefore we have a greater chance of receiving that miracle that we're seeking. Let me give you one more scripture on prayer and having consistent prayer. It's found in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You see, it's so important that we devote ourselves to God. And we do that through prayer and that we must have a thankful heart. And if we'll do that and do it often, we're going to see the glory of God come down in our life and we're going to receive that miracle. With all this information I've talked about on prayer, we know that in order to walk in the miracles gifts of the Spirit that we will have to pray. But that is not the end. Quite frankly, it's only beginning. Now the next step is to walk, or also known as take action. Prayer is faith, and taking action is works. So let's look at a couple scriptures talking about how faith and works go together, and that'll lead us to receive the miracles we want I'm going to read in the New Living Translation from James chapter 2, starting at verse number 14. It's a few verses, so let's listen to them and see what James is telling us about how prayer, which is faith, and works go together to receive what we're looking for from God. Verse 14 in James 3. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Now, let's go on to verse 17 here. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith or prayers if you don't have good deeds or actions? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Then it goes on to say in verse 19, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, he goes on and on talking about the significance of having prayer, which is faith, and then having taking action, which is good works. You see, let me talk about what the works are. We, we know enough about prayer, I think, to understand where we go from there. But what are this? what's this thing about works? You see, works are helping others. It's ministering. It's praying for those who need the same miracle that you need. It's a testimony of your faith. 
in your salvation. It's volunteering at work and volunteering to help people in your neighborhood, in your church, in your community. It's giving of our finances. These are all works. And I believe to receive our miracle, we need to have faith and we need to have works. They go together. And when they go together, we're moving ourselves closer to God's will and his desire to bless us. You see, to walk in the miracles of the Holy Spirit, we need to make a daily commitment to seek the Lord. Then we can live and walk under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit to see miracles. We need to pray like we believe and walk in order to receive. We need to take action by reaching out to others and helping others. The Holy Spirit can give us an expectation to receive our miracle. All these things take place so that we can experience and live and walk in the miracles of the gifts of the Spirit. Let me give you another area I think that's vital to understanding how to receive these miracles. The Holy Spirit can give us an expectation to receive our miracle. Now, there are those who find it easier to believe for bad results when they pray than good ones. Human nature can expect the worst easier than it can the best. Now you may ask, why is that? Why is that possible? Well, it's because of the battle taking place between the flesh and the spirit. Before we become Christians, we do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. But when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have help from the Holy Spirit to experience miracle. The flesh says miracles are impossible, but the Spirit tells us all things are possible with our miracle-working God. And the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in us can bring forth in us an expectation or an anticipation of a miracle ready to take place in our life. So we should expect it, believe it, and receive it in faith and give God all praise and all the glory for it. Now the Holy Spirit will always have power for us if we seek him. We can experience his comfort and presence when we pray. We must acknowledge his presence and seek his guidance. The Holy Spirit never makes a mistake and will never fail us. When we walk in his presence, our needs will be met. His miracle powers will influence our thoughts and our actions. Now the devil will try to interfere with our relationship with the Holy Spirit, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Now sadly, the Christian church is allowing the influence of Satan's evil ambitions in the church today. Certain denominations are ignoring God's instructions on sexual immorality and also God's plan for man and woman to come together and be married and become one in marriage. These actions grieve the Holy Spirit in the church and he will not bring forth his miraculous power and miracles when a congregation or when Christians are accepting the influence of Satan's evil plan to destroy the church and to kill and to steal and destroy people of faith. Only a repentance and revival in America will bring forth a change and correct this spiritual error. Let me read to you a powerful scripture dealing with how we've got to get ourselves in line with God and his word, and then we can expect his power to come forth. You see, I believe in America and throughout the world until people turn their back on sin and evil and Satan's influence, God will not be able to bless and bring forth miracles that he desires to do for his people. So I'm going to read, it's an Old Testament scripture, a very powerful one, often quoted. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says here, Then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Verse 15 says, My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. You know, we've got to understand that God wants to bless us and that God wants to operate through his miracle working power in the lives of believers. And he wants believers to have strength and faith and confidence in the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us and believe that God will bring forth miracles into our land. But this scripture tells us that the people who are called by my name, that would be those of us who are Christians, it says will humble themselves, which means to exalt God and put God first and lower themselves and and humble themselves in the presence of God. It says, and pray. And therefore, here we go again, that continual prayer, that, that prayer without ceasing. If we'll pray and seek my face, which means seek what God has to say. And we can do that through his word and through prayer and through attending church and being faithful to the house of God and witnessing and sharing our faith with others others, and leading people to Jesus Christ and giving testimony of the goodness of God. If we'll do those things and we can then turn from our wicked ways, which simply means turn our back on sin, and only the Holy Spirit can help us, lead us out of the attention and the attraction of sin today. He says here, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. The only way that this world is going to be restored is through God healing this world. And then he says here, this is so wonderful to see that God is saying in verse 15, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive, which means God's ready. Eyes are open, ears are ready. He says to every prayer made in this place. So whatever prayers that we have, we can bring them before God. But we first got to pray, seek his face, repent, humble ourselves before him. And that'll be the steps that we need to take, that America needs to take in order to see the wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit and the miracle power of the Holy Spirit in action to bring forth those miracles that will open up the eyes of non-believers. Matter of fact, the Bible's filled with stories where miracles took place and people came to Jesus. When the miracles take place, people are drawn to it. When Jesus spoke and he was working miracles all over the land, the crowds grew and from hundreds of people to thousands of people, and the entire world was shaken by the power of God walking on the face of this earth. We can see that power again if we learn how to live and to walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. So that power is not gone, still alive and well on this earth. And for those of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord, and Savior, that power is working inside of you. Is it working you? And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That tells us the power of God's in us, and that power is greater than any scheme that Satan can come with and any plan that he has to hurt the church and hurt the people of God. I'm really excited about what's taking place here, and I'm believing that there's people out there listening today that maybe you're not believers. You're not giving your life to Christ. So let me just take a moment here, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never prayed that prayer and accept him into your life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. You'll just repeat this. Jesus Christ can come into your heart right where you are. Wherever you're listening, you can receive him right now. So those who don't know Jesus and those who do know Jesus, would you believe with me that God's going to come into the hearts and lives of those who are listening today? Those who need Jesus say this, Father, the Bible tells me that if I would ask for forgiveness of my sins, that God would forgive me. So I come to you today and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me. I ask the maker of heaven and earth to forgive me of the sins I've committed in my life. I repent of my sins, and I thank you that you gave your life for me and that you were 
crucified, but buried, but then resurrected to give me new life. You took on the sins of the world. That includes my sins. And so this day I receive and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. If you prayed that prayer and you really meant it with a repentant heart, Jesus Christ came into your life. Be sure you find a good church. Be sure you find a place where you can worship God in spirit and in truth. It's so important that we share our faith with others. It's so important when we have an opportunity to lead people to Jesus, we take that opportunity. Just like I did then, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted me to give an invitation to those people who were listening in to this podcast because they were drawn in through the talk about the Holy Spirit or the talk about miracles. Whatever brought them here, they now had an opportunity to give their life to Christ. We must never miss an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. So with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up this teaching today and give you a quick review of how we can walk in the miracle gifts of the Spirit. We need to remember that God desires to bless us, and His desire is for us to experience His goodness and His blessings and His miracles. We need to have fellowship with Him through prayer and through doing good works and through our faith and trust in Him. We must discipline our life to have daily prayer and conversations with the Lord. We can live and walk under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can see those miracles manifested in our lives in the lives of others. The Holy Spirit gives us an expectation of receiving our miracles. So with that, I'm going to close up this teaching today because I believe that God has done His work. He has taught us how to pray. He taught us that we can have faith, but faith without works is dead. So we've got to have faith to take action. We've been taught today that God has power and he wants to release that power through the Holy Spirit into our lives so that we can see miracles take place and we can have that happen when we repent of our sins and we recommit ourselves to God or we press into God and seek more of his guidance, more of his direction, and more of his will. So I believe that something wonderful has happened today. Something great has taken place. People have given their life to Christ. I believe that people have received their miracles. So for those of you who are waiting for your miracle, let me just do a quick prayer over you that that miracle that you need will come forth. Father, I'm praying, Lord, for those who are listening in right now who need a miracle in their life. It might be for physical healing. It might be for emotional healing. It might be for a relationship that's torn apart. It might be a divorce situation or a marriage that's on on the edge of divorcing. Whatever that miracle is, we call it forth. We believe for that thing that's not as though that it is. Your word taught us that premise and we claim it. We see that blessing. We see and believe for that miracle coming into the lives of those who are seeking it today. I agree with them and I believe in Jesus' name that you've poured out your spirit upon those who had a need today and the wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit has been manifested in their life. And I pray for those, Lord, who are aware of others who need miracles, Lord, that they would go forth in power now and strength and conviction and anointing under the Holy Spirit to pray for the needs of others, and to believe for the miracles that need to take place in their lives. And I'll thank you for it in advance, and I'll give you all glory and praise for what's taken place. For I ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope this teaching has given you a better understanding of how to receive the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and that you can call forth miracles, believe for them, and see them take place. So if you're interested in getting more information about my teachings on faith, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. When you pull up my webpage, you'll see a link to the books that I've written, several on various topics like faith and generosity and finances 
and I'm writing a new book now entitled Faith for Miracles, and that'll be out soon. I hope those will be a blessing to you. There's one particular book I think you might find interesting. It's called Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's based upon the teachings where Paul talked about Abraham had no hope, and Abraham's wife Sarah had no hope to have children, but God brought life into their bodies, and they produced a child. And so they called for something that wasn't as though that it was, and Abraham was blessed to become father of many nations. In addition to that, if you go to my webpage, you can find a link there on my podcast, and you can pull up and look at the other podcasts I've talked about. Our series have been on things like prosperity, on faith, on finances. We've talked about a number of topics that I hope will be of interest to you. In addition to that, if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. I hope that'll be a blessing to you. Now next week we're going to continue our series on miracles and I believe God has something special planned for it. I've got some notes. I've done some studying. I've been reading a lot to get some new ideas and new thoughts on how to present this message of the miracle working power of God being manifested through the Holy Spirit into the lives of believers. So it's going to be exciting. I know God's got something special in plan for us. So I'm ready. You might want to tell your your friends and those who would be interested in listening to podcasts that this series on miracles is a blessing, and I hope that you'll pass that word along. Thank you once again for listening in. So at that, I'd like to just say that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you and that you will receive that miracle you you've been praying for to its fullest capacity, led and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Quality Christian Living. I will continue to speak on the gifts of the Spirit and the miracles manifested by the Holy Spirit.